0: It's a new year, playmakers, and if launching a new or optimized website for your indoor playground or soft play rental business was on your list of 2024 business resolutions, I've got you covered. We now have a team of professional web designers ready to help you bring your vision to life. Our designs marry your aesthetic with what's been proven to work time and time again in this industry. And since we only work with play-based business owners, we have designing high-converting websites that can be complete game changers for your revenue and income down to a science. Head to the show notes for example sites and pricing information, and you can get the professional yet beautiful website of your dreams on the platform of your choice. You can even book a free call with our web design team if you have questions or you want to talk about your specific needs. With new play spaces popping up all over the country at a rapid pace, you do not want to wait until you have a new competitor to finally get a professionally done website because it can make all the difference in the world for your customers in 2024. We look forward to helping you convert your vision into reality and in turn, convert more browsers into buyers. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for small but mighty tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. Hey Playmakers, it's me, your host, Michelle Caruana. And if you are listening to this episode as it gets released, you might be a little bit confused about why I'm dropping in your podcast feed on a Friday. But to be honest, I just could not wait to talk about this. So technically, this is going to be Monday's episode, but I'm putting it out there just a few days early. And not only am I publishing Monday's episode on a Friday, I actually bumped another pre-scheduled episode out of my lineup because, again, I just couldn't wait to talk about this. So recently, I was on TikTok, and I saw a video of a woman directly addressing indoor playground owners, and I'm sure you've seen it by now. I am going to link her profile in the show notes. But naturally, when I heard this, my ears perked right up. Now, I'm not going to play the TikTok here because honestly, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to, but again, her username will be linked in the show notes. But basically, she's asking, why do play spaces and indoor playgrounds not open early in the morning? Why is 10 or 11 a.m. the standard opening time when for most babies and toddlers, that's getting dangerously close to nap time? And she brought up a few really valid points. So first, she asked, you know, have you ever met a young child? And then she proceeds to say that, you know, by the normal 10 a.m. opening time for most play cafes, she's already lived three lives with her child. Relatable, right? And again, she brings up that kids nap in the early afternoon. And oftentimes, by the time you arrive at an indoor playground, get checked in, and start to play, it's essentially time to head home for nap. And by that point, is it even worth the trip and paying the money for the visit and i saw all sorts of comments from parents who agreed with this so i had to talk about it here and i'm going to post a poll and some q and a on my instagram story today so i would love to know your feelings about this as well this does not have to be a one-sided conversation and i did see some stitches from indoor playground owners that duetted that video and threw in their two cents but you know that I just could not resist throwing my own two cents into the conversation. So let's start with my business. And by the way, I'm going to bring up some points and some things that I haven't heard anyone talk about yet. So again, that's why I couldn't wait to get this episode out there because I think a lot of owners are looking at this the wrong way. So again, let's start with my business. So I did decide to open at 8 a.m. And this was for a few reasons. And I have no regrets in doing this, by the way. So number one, the obvious, right? Nothing in our area opened early, like this woman was saying. There were no activities for babies, toddlers, or preschoolers happening before the 10 or 11 o'clock hour. And that includes indoor playgrounds, libraries, classes, all that. And this kind of brings me to reason number two. My own kids were up at the crack of dawn every single day. So I totally related to that woman's sentiment on TikTok. One of the reasons I opened my indoor playground to begin with was that there was nothing in my area that fit what I needed and wanted in that particular season of parenthood, you know, having very young children. And the hours of those options played a major part in my decision to open my own space. And then the third reason why this worked is that I enjoyed getting out of the house and opening my business for an hour or so until our staff came in if I needed to. I was just born a morning person. So while our cafe was fully staffed most of the time, meaning I didn't physically work in the business, I did enjoy opening once or twice a week. It allowed me to get a good handle on how things were going at the cafe I got to do a quick check to make sure everything was getting accomplished per our standard operating procedures. I got to have face to face time with the customers. I got to connect with our manager or other employee when they came in to open. I got to shoot some videos and most importantly for me, I got to involve my kids in the business. I loved having them physically there with me as much as possible and I wanted them to roll their sleeves up and contribute and get their hands dirty. To this day, years after selling my business, I can still see those lessons that I ingrained in them from the brick and mortar business days and I'm so thankful that I planted that entrepreneurial seed early on. Again, No regrets there, even with hindsight. But it just ended up working really well for me for these reasons. I know a lot of owners have zero desire to pack their kids up and open the cafe with them at 8 a.m., but I really enjoyed it if someone called off or if I needed to fill in for whatever reason, right? Maybe our staff member was working late that day to do an event or a class, and I just needed to fill an hour or two gap in the schedule. It wasn't worth scheduling a whole other employee. And part of the reason I was able to do this, because I know some of you are probably scratching your heads right now listening, Because if you follow my YouTube channel, you'll know that I am not a big fan of bringing your kids to work if you are the only person working there. But I was able to do this pretty effectively and not run into some of the challenges I've discussed about this on YouTube. I was able to do this because we set up our morning opening shift to be extremely simple and quick. Our afternoons in terms of customer volume were much slower. So we did all the cleaning, organizing, prepping, supply refilling, ordering, stocking, all that stuff in the afternoons. So realistically, our opener, whether it was me or another staff member, we could get there, unlock and turn the lights on, clock in and open the register, put a pot of coffee on and boom, start accepting customers within a couple short minutes of unlocking that door. So we were able to have people come in again just a few moments before our opening. One of the best things about a play cafe as opposed to a higher volume cafe like a Starbucks or Tim Hortons is that your customers will typically be patient. If someone comes in the second you open, like 8am on the dot for example, because we did have some people that tended to do that, they were typically totally fine with waiting 15 minutes for that drip coffee to finish or for that latte to be made. They still have to get their kids' coats and shoes off, do a bathroom trip, choose a table, and get their kids settled in the play area. So actually, if you think about it, they would probably rather have that drink in 15 minutes or so, so they can actually enjoy it while it's hot. Novel concept for parents, right? It's not like customers are going to start flooding in at 8 a.m. on the dot in a big rush because they have to get to work or whatever. They're planning on staying a bit. So it's a much more relaxed pace and it's much more low-key than you're probably imagining. So if you have one person coming in, let's say two hours early a day each weekday, because again, hopefully you're setting up your business so that someone can unlock the door and open within minutes. And let's say you pay $15 an hour. That's only $300 extra in payroll per month if you open at 8 a.m. instead of 10 a.m. It's worth a try, and you can absolutely make that money back tenfold if you are smart about it, which we will get to. But that brings me to my next point. The fourth reason we were able to make this work really effectively is that we had a full cafe. And by full cafe, I mean a range of espresso and coffee options that were really high quality that people absolutely loved. We did do some breakfast pastries and breads and things like that that we would purchase frozen from a local bakery and defrost as needed. But we didn't cook any food. We had prepackaged snacks. We had our little muffin tins that you've probably seen a million times, vegetables, fruits, all that good stuff. We did not cook any food. So when I say full cafe, I mean full espresso and coffee options, iced hot, all that. One of the most important metrics I recommend tracking in the indoor playground industry is average customer spend per visit. So because we had coffee, lattes, and breakfast items, all very high profit margin, mind you, our average spend per visit was much higher than someone would have without a cafe. So while we did need maybe three customers to cover the cost of having a staff member there and really make it worth it profit-wise, Other spaces needed maybe five or six to generate that same revenue. So again, it was much easier for us to get a positive return on our staff investment. And people are just generally more likely to gravitate towards places that have these options in the early morning because if they're rushing out of the house, they likely haven't had enough caffeine yet or had a breakfast or fed breakfast to their children. So we gave people a reason and an incentive to come to our space early. And then the last reason we were able to make this work is that our members were typically the ones in the early morning. So they were extremely low maintenance, they were kind and forgiving, and they were totally fine with me having my kids there again because this was just for maybe an hour. Or if I had a staff member there, they were very understanding that yeah, they might be waiting a moment for their coffee because that person also just got there. They were totally cool with us going through some of the opening process while they got settled. Now I know not everyone will be in the same situation and have the same privileges that I did, in that I had the capacity to fill early morning gaps in the schedule and enjoy doing so when needed. But I just wanted to highlight why this worked for us, in my opinion, before I talked about the biggest objections that most owners have with this. And again, this is kind of inspired by a lot of the owner stitches I saw on TikTok. Because while these objections, like increased staffing costs, are absolutely valid, they also have solutions. So let's dive into those objections I've been hearing regarding extending hours. Because, you know, it's funny. I've seen many places extend into evening hours, but very few, even those geared towards babies and very young children, like the woman was discussing in the video, I've very rarely seen them extend into the earlier morning hours, and I just don't understand why. All right, let's get into the first objection. Number one, and again, this is the most obvious, we're getting this out of the way early, it's too expensive to staff. So the key solution here is something that I am no stranger to shouting from the rooftops. The solution is memberships. Let's say you have 100 members each month paying $50 to $75 depending on how many kiddos they have. That's between five dollars and $8,000 in recurring revenue. Money that just direct deposits into your account every single month. And all you have to do in order to get that direct deposit is keep those same 100 people paying. No new sales are even required to collect that money. So if you have never been in that position of having virtually guaranteed recurring revenue, I cannot stress enough just how freeing it is as a business owner. Just knowing all your biggest bills like rent and payroll will be covered no matter what. Not only is it going to add to your bottom line and your owner's compensation, it's going to help you sleep better at night, you're going to have better mental health, and you're going to be able to set better boundaries with your business so that you can spend more time with your family, traveling, all that. And if you have that recurring revenue, the $300 per month in extra payroll to test this concept out is going to be entirely inconsequential. And opening earlier, at least trying it out, will be a no-brainer because spoiler alert, you're going to find out that it is what many of your customers want. Not all of them, but we're gonna get into that. And to be honest, if you can't figure out how to make more than three or four hundred dollars with a 10-hour open period, we have bigger fish to fry. And I have other episodes that I'd like to direct you to, but I promise you, you can not only make that money back, you can make it back tenfold. So first, you might be thinking, well, my space is way too small. I can only accommodate 20 or so kids at a time. There is no way I could have 100 unlimited memberships active at a given time. And I'm here to tell you that you can. If you extend your hours by, say, oh, I don't know, opening early. We had 100 members consistently in our first location, which was only 2,500 square feet, and we only ran into capacity issues during school break weeks, which we then solved by requiring reservations for those weeks only. So even people with memberships, they didn't have to pay, but they did have to reserve their spot just to make sure we weren't turning any customers away. But I'm telling you, if we could do it in a 2,500 square foot space, you can do it. And for our second location that was over a thousand square feet bigger, yes, we had double the members. And this is because you will find that members use your space differently. First, they're going to seek out your slower times. So for us, most of the time our hours were 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. for open play on weekdays with some evening classes and events our members would almost always come between 8 and 10 a.m. or 2 to 4 p.m., which were both our slowest windows for single pass customers. Because our members liked using our space freely when it wasn't as crowded. They were already comfortable in our space and their kids were comfortable and they wanted our space to be their sanctuary where they could relax, sit back, have a cup of hot coffee or Have a conversation with a friend. And I don't know if you've ever been to an indoor playground, even a smaller one, during peak hours, you are not relaxing. You are actively on top of your child. You are making sure they don't get lost. You're making sure they're not hitting or, you know, stealing toys away or anything like that. It is not a relaxing experience. So our members avoided our busy times for us, that 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. window, like the plague for this reason. So again, we rarely ran into capacity issues. It's kind of like if you live in an area like New York City. You, as a local, will typically avoid the busy touristy areas like Times Square, and you'll know the spaces to stay away from and the times where it's going to be packed with tourists and you can't get a reservation or something like that. Think of your members as your locals. Members also typically stay less time per visit because we allowed them to come as many times per month as they liked. There was no limit. So because of that, members didn't force themselves or their child to stay for hours and hours just to make the amount spent on the day pass worth it. So again, very few capacity considerations in actual practice in real life. Sometimes our members would literally come every single day for like a half hour We had one family, for example, actually a couple families, drop their preschoolers off at the preschool a couple doors down, come to our space, have a cup of coffee, let the child run around, make their grocery list, answer some emails, do whatever they had to do, and boom, as soon as that half hour was up, they were gone. So not only were they not causing us any capacity issues, they were also buying coffee every single day. They were also our biggest supporters on social media, and they also brought friends with them, which is also another thing to keep in mind. And you might be thinking, gosh, unlimited monthly visits, you must have lost so much money. But to reiterate, that is just not the case in real life. Our members spent more at the cafe because they weren't swiping their card when they entered our doors. They're already feeling like they got a value by signing up as a monthly member because they're saving money on their visits. And so they were much more likely to splurge on snacks and drinks. And as I mentioned, they're much more likely to bring friends who also spent well. I know I harp on this constantly, but adding even an extremely basic cafe to your business makes every single revenue stream you have, including memberships, more profitable. It allows you to make way more where others will find themselves restricted. And it goes back to the average spend per visit. If you have a cafe, the majority of people will be spending money every time they come in, regardless of whether or not they are paying an entrance fee. So this goes for events. This goes for members. This goes for party guests who, again, are not paying to be there. The host is paying the party fee. But because party guests are getting to explore and enjoy your place for free, they're probably going to be way more willing to splurge on a latte or a coffee to enjoy while their child plays because, hey, they're doing a nice thing for their child by bringing them to the party and sticking around. They might as well treat themselves, right? And this goes for every class participant as well. I have an entire series about memberships on this podcast, and I have an entire bonus module in Play Cafe Academy about how to execute memberships effectively, everything from pricing to coming up with an offer to selling your memberships to retaining members, But if you're not a Play Cafe Academy member, I'm going to link those free episodes for you. And here is the beautiful takeaway I want you to get from this episode before we move on. If you are having trouble selling memberships, if people are just not seeming to connect with your offering, open earlier. People will flock to you, especially if you are the only space, open early. And while your memberships might not pick up immediately, Those people who are coming just because of your new early hours, they'll soon realize that, hey, you know, this is the only option for me where I can get my kiddo out of the house early. I notice that they have monthly memberships and I'm already coming a couple times a week anyways. I might as well sign up for a membership because I'm going to save on that per visit price. So these people who just flock to you for single passes due to your early hours will become members. And these new members will bring in new friends who may also become members. So, this effect snowballs and snowballs and snowballs until you are booked out with memberships and you have that recurring revenue that is so crucial for the stability of this business model and your mental health as an owner. And if you already have memberships and they're selling really well, but you feel like you just can't sell anymore without running into capacity issues, Again, open earlier. This will make your customers and members happy and will allow you to welcome more members. This doesn't have to be like a chicken or the egg scenario. Always, always been vocal about wanting place-based owners to open earlier because of all these reasons. There are so many factors here. But the bottom line is this. If you do offer memberships, and especially if you are struggling to sell them or if your members are causing capacity issues that lead to you turning customers away and negative experiences, I need you to consider opening earlier. Even if no one comes in during one of those mornings, there are so many things your staff can do to grow your business and make money in other ways. We had a running master list that our staff could pick and choose from, If the manager didn't have like an already prioritized list, like for example, sometimes there would be some things that had to get done that day, like blowing up balloons for a garland or placing a catering order or prepping for an event. If there was nothing like that, again, we just had a master list, like taking video content, taking social media content, sending emails, engaging with customers, following other business accounts, something like that. In the mornings, your space will be perfect and clean, and it's a great time to take these videos and pictures and make social media content. Some other things I bet you've been struggling to find time for. Am I right? And if you are still struggling with how you can afford to staff these, let's say, two extra hours per day, I want you to consider an unstaffed play space. I recently interviewed the owner of Playdate LLC, and that is a business whose customers buy a play pass. And when they buy a play pass, they get a pin code and that pin code allows them to enter the play space, whether or not any staff members are actually there. And this allows her to open earlier without having to bear the extra staffing cost. So if you're interested in what that model looks like logistically and how that owner made it happen, her name is Heather, I'm going to link that episode in the show notes as well. It was recent and it's already one of my most listened to episodes. I got so much amazing feedback on that because it is such a unique business model and it allows you to better serve your community by extending your hours. It's kind of a win-win scenario. Again, especially if you are still struggling with that staffing cost or if you just can't find enough people to staff your business, right? That is a very valid problem. There's a scarcity of employees. So again, if this is something you're struggling with, watch that interview. All right, the second objection that I've been hearing a lot is, oh, I tried this and guess what? People didn't come. And again, I truly believe and have seen in practice that focusing more on recurring revenue and memberships can absolutely solve this objection, especially if you have a cafe. And why is that? First, open play traffic will always be the least reliable and the most fickle. People love to share their loud opinions online. And this is absolutely no hate to that TikTok creator. This is just something that I've noticed. People love being loud online, but few of those people will actually be putting their money where their mouth is as in visiting those play spaces if they decide, yeah, you're right, I am gonna open earlier. Few people who were so loud about it online will actually come in. And a great example of this is, you know, have you ever heard someone say, gosh, if I only had this exercise machine, if I only had a Peloton, I would lose X number of pounds and I would meet all my health goals. And they say that and they convince themselves of that for weeks or months. And then finally, they splurge, right? And they get this piece of exercise equipment or whatever. And guess what? Nothing changes. They might use it once or twice, and then it collects dust. The point here is that people talk a big talk. But the truth is, it takes commitment to form a habit. But people who have signed up as your members will be those committed customers. And they will make visiting your space early a habit having people paying monthly is going to make them more likely to actually show up and buy that coffee and bring that friend and all that. It creates that snowball effect of profitability. And then next, open play pass purchasers tend to spend less money on cafe items. This is just something I've noticed. So let's say you decide to open earlier and people trickle in, but if these are all single pass customers – they will be less likely to spend money at the cafe because they're already paying per visit to be there. They already swiped their credit card once, right? Now, some people will buy cafe items, but typically you will just make less money overall for single Play Pass customers, making you wonder if it's even worth it to come in or to staff that person, since I know those kids that come in at the crack of dawn are ready to go and they make a huge mess early in the a.m., I can't tell you how many times we had one kid come in and completely destroy our space right before our busy time. So I get it. So you really have to do the work here to make your cafe offerings more interesting or figure out how to get more people in so that you are seeing a positive return on investment when it comes to that early morning staff. And I also think a lot of people just don't give it much of a chance. They'll open early for maybe like a week or two. They'll post about it a couple times. Maybe they'll send out one email. And then they assume everyone's heard it. But I promise you, if you can commit to giving it a couple months and really making sure everyone in the community is aware of it and gets used to it and has a chance to adapt their habits to it, I promise you, you are going to be shocked at just how much this can positively affect your business. You just have to give it enough of a chance and enough time. So even if this is something that you've tried before and it hasn't quite worked out, maybe you didn't have the right offering or maybe you just didn't give it enough time or enough of an effort. And that brings me to the last objection that I've been hearing all the time. A lot of people have been saying, well, I don't have a cafe, so it doesn't make sense for me to open early. And again, that's a valid objection, but don't use this as an excuse. Get a Keurig and serve free self-serve coffee or allow members and customers to bring in their own coffee. Yes, it's absolutely going to hurt seeing them walking in with their Starbucks and their Tim Hortons thinking that they could have spent that money with you instead of another business, but again, if you decide not to go with a cafe, that's just something that you're going to have to stomach. But you still can make people feel welcome. You can make your space nice and calm in the morning and easy to visit. You will still be collecting less revenue per visit if you don't have a cafe, but that just means that you have the opportunity to get more creative when it comes to motivating people to make an early trip. And I think that's kind of fun, right? You can have certain specials or you can do a class or a story time or you could play a certain genre of music or you could do a member mingle hour, or something like that. So to wrap this one up, if you want to open earlier but think you can't afford it, you likely don't have enough recurring revenue in your business. Early hours can help you sell more memberships and better serve your customers. The key is recurring revenue that gives you the time, space, and money to make these types of customer-centric changes without having to worry as much about the staffing cost. And this is especially easy and profitable if you have a cafe, which is why I recommend adding a cafe to your business if you're in the pre-launch phase. All right, as I said in the beginning of this episode, I had to share my thoughts on this topic since this is something that not just comes up on TikTok, but it comes up constantly on social media and in Playmaker Society, and in my one-on-one consults. So if you have any questions or if you just want to vote on my Instagram story, head to my Instagram. It's at it's Michelle itsmichellcaruana. It's also linked in the show notes. And as always, if there's any question you want me to answer or anything you'd like my take on, send me a message and I'd be more than happy to cover it. And real quick, if you enjoyed this episode or if you like this podcast in general, the best way you can show support for me or for the show is to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening. I appreciate it so much. All right, have an amazing day, Playmakers. I will see you right back here on Wednesday.